What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's doing good. Welcome. Welcome to the Taz Show. Yep. Gonna get into a little bit of the final, the final match of the G1 Climax that happened uh, this late past, this past weekend, I should say, uh, in Tokyo. So looking forward to uh, to talking about that uh, here. Uh, two great competitors, Tanahashi and Ibushi. So get into that a little bit. Talk a little bit about some of the other... Um, more newsy items. I don't normally do news on this show, as you guys know. But a couple of things that have been scuttlebutt around. I really haven't gotten into a lot of uh, you know, kind of topical newsy stuff past several podcasts because um, I've been covering uh, doing a fantasy draft. Uh, fantasy, uh, I should say, uh, fantasy deal I did on the tag team, the women's tag team championship uh, gimmick that I did. Three-part series, which got a lot of love from a lot of you guys. So I want to thank everybody for that. Seems like a lot of you guys really, really liked it, which is awesome. So, and the feedback has been great on Facebook, uh, at facebook.com slash the Taz Show, on my Instagram, which is Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K, and also, obviously, on my Twitter, at Official Taz. So, you guys are always um, giving great feedback, And, and even if it's something that you're not crazy about, you know, you're, you're not negative. You don't act like a douche about it. Yeah, you're pretty chill about it. So, and that's the key, right? So you don't want to be confrontational with people, especially on social media. Why flex muscles when they're really not muscles? They're kind of fake muscles because it's social media. But anyway, so thanks for downloading this episode on uh, Apple Podcasts or Radio.com. Um, and some real quick before I get talking here, wrestling. Um, several people have been saying, Hey, the show's not on TuneIn no more. What's going on? Bah, bah, bah. A lot of uh, the shows that are in the company that I work for, uh, through CBS radio, which is now Intercom Radio, um, yeah, it's everything's gearing to be frank with you towards radio.com, which is free. You still get the show for free, it doesn't cost you nothing. It's not like a subscription, and radio.com, I don't have. I'm not told to do a promo about it or put it over, but it's really good. I mean, so even if you just want to hear music or radio stations or and you're in one part of, let's say you're in the, you're in the United States and you're on part of the United States, but you like you used to live in a different state and, uh, you know, you can listen to that radio station from your old state that you lived in the country and you can listen to that or there's a plethora of podcasting on there and stuff and, and they revamped it, the logo and this and that and apparently... The platform is much better as far as Radio.com. So um, that's where the Taz Show lives. That's uh, that's the main spot to get it. And Taz and the Moose, uh, the daily sports show I do on CBS Sports Radio with Mark Belusis, uh, that too is on there on uh, Radio.com. But um, you also and still can get everything on Apple Podcasts. Um, I, you know, right now, you know, the Taz Show here, we're still... On Spotify, and I assume that's going to continue. I assume, uh, but we shall see. I mean, I, the show's not going anywhere. It's not like that. But 
you're going to get it for free, and you're either going to get it on Apple Podcast, you know, which is uh, which the uncool kids call TuneIn, or you're going to get it on uh, the gimmick called Apple Podcast now, or like I said, Radio.com, the app or the website. So, which is TazShow.com basically is current turns right into Radio.com because <laughs> that's where the TazShow.com lives. So it's probably way too much information, but I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, what else before I? Get rolling here talking about uh, the G1 uh, gimmick. Um, oh, yeah. So some things I wanted to talk about for sure in this episode. I did want to give uh, uh, some talk about uh, Renee uh, from WWE. Renee Young going to get, he's for me to say, uh, the opportunity, Renee Young, to um, call Raw tomorrow night, which I'm recording this right now on a Sunday. So if you listen to this after that, I apologize, but maybe you heard it in past tense that Renee will be on Raw as a uh, uh, with the announced team as a guest commentator. So I'm going to get into some of my thoughts and opinions on that. I also never got a chance to talk to you guys here about uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan MSG Madison Square Garden news. So and that they sold out the building um, once the tickets went on sale, which is very impressive. So I'll get into a little bit of that too. Some chatter on that. And then a little bit later on in this podcast, I will get into the nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, uh, about the G1 Climax. And uh, guys, just so you, I want to say, if if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Uh, simply dial... 1-800-273-8255 and by pressing the number one or you can use the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net or you can text 838-255. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. So that's very important. Uh, please visit VeteransCrisisLine.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran loved one who maybe is in crisis. Again, 800-273-8255. Press number one or the online chat function, which is VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. So... So the info came out, the news came out from WWE World that Renee Young uh, will step away from the Raw announce, I'm sorry, will step into, I should say, the Raw announce position uh, uh, this for this Monday night on Raw as a guest commentator. Um, apparently, uh, Coachman is uh, fulfilling a different, another obligation or something else to do or whatever. I don't know how much I buy that part. Um, <laughs> I think this is more of... Let's uh, let's uh, you know. Let's see how Renee is, and and as we're on the cusp of doing a big ass pay per view called Evolution, um, here in New York at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island, WWE is doing as you guys know the all female pay per view, so first time ever. And I, as I talked about here, you're gonna have to have female commentators, and I threw Renee Young's name out there. I also threw. Leader's name out there, and uh, I threw. What else I threw? I threw. Hmm, Leader's name. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, Medusa. Yes, uh, I threw her name out there as potentially being the color commentators and have Raw 
I'm sorry, have Michael Cole be the male voice, um, the the lead play by play. Basically, if you're gonna have one male on the show, have Michael Cole be that person who is the you know the um, uh, the guy who's doing the nuts and bolts, who's handling all the transitions in and out, which is super important stuff. I've talked a lot um, for we're on the cusp here of 600 episodes of the Taz Show. And through a lot of those episodes, I've talked a lot about commentary. You guys know my passion for it, from color commentary to play-by-play, so how important that is. So I just think having a guy like Michael Cole, even though it's an all-female event, having him handle nuts and bolts and whatnot. Now I'm starting to wonder, maybe uh, maybe that's not what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to go a different route here. And maybe Renee Young, and I think I might have thrown that out there a few weeks ago, maybe Renee Young... Maybe she does the play-by-play, and uh, and 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 they go that route with her because if they're putting her in the main stage there, of you know, of uh, of Raw live live city right there. I mean, you know, it's it's you know you're 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 throwing her in the fire. But she's obviously been training at this, and you're not hearing about it. And they also have her, by the way, involved with the May Young Classic. They announced her, meaning Renee Young. Uh, that the announced team would be Michael Cole, Renee Young, and Beth Phoenix. So, and last year's team was Jim Ross, you know, good old JR and Lita. So, um, you know, uh, they'll have uh, Renee Young and Beth along with Cole. So, so there you go, two females with the male. But now, I, you know, I, I'm thinking for evolution, if things work out well on Raw with Renee Young, and then they work out well for, uh, for Renee Young on the May Young Classic in that secondary role, um, she could be the play by play, lead play by play for uh, for Evolution. You know, I'm sure that could happen. You know, I, you know, we could definitely see that happen. So, where maybe Michael Cole's not involved. Um, you know what I mean? So, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, first off, I applaud uh, WWE for, you know, putting Renee in this position. I know for a fact they really, really like her, and it's, I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out they like her, because she's worked there for a long time, and they they push her and stuff, and they give her a lot of different opportunities. She's had her own shows there on the network and all this jazz, but um, it, having some work for the company for a long time, and liking the person for a long time, and you know, and pushing her is one thing, but flat out liking her, like they like her as a person and what she does professionally, not just to push her. I, I've heard that, you know, a couple of years ago, like they really like her, like who she is and her work ethic and what she does. So, um, you know, I, she's probably got a job for life if she just plays her cards right, which I'm sure she will, and 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 keeps you know her nose to the grindstone and working hard. She'll probably have a job for life, and she's worked really hard for it. She deserves it, so she's earned it. No one can knock that. So um, it should be very interesting to see uh, how she does. I'm really eager to hear her hear her on Raw and see how she does. And um, you know, it, it's cool. It's a, it's a great. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's definitely a great opportunity for her. And it's WWE doing some different stuff here and 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 trying to empower. The females in the company, which they've been doing a great job with for the past several years. And we've seen in wrestling in general, not just in WWE, on the independence scene and everything. And we've talked a lot about that in regards to wrestling and, and who's, you know, how, how certain females are getting pushed the right way and stuff like that. And how f- females in general, like females in general of wrestling, 
how the stigmas change, you know, so I'm not going to get into that again here, but it's a huge thing and it's, and it's well overdue and, and it's really cool to see how, um, you know, how things are just at a point now where it's a foregone conclusion. I was talking with a, a real quick before I move on here, I was talking with a buddy of mine, um, I was on vacation and uh, uh, we met up with uh, some people we know and they were, they were at the same spot we were up in New England and we start talking about wrestling, which I usually don't talk about when I'm, you know, not doing this or, you know, meaning a podcast or if I'm not, uh, like, maybe on the air with Moose on the CBS Sports Radio Show where we'll talk some, you know, wrestling once in a while. I usually, you know, it's work, right? So I, but, you know, we just started chatting, me and the, me and the body of mine. And, and he, you know, he's kind of an old school fan. And, and he even said, you know, um, the old school guy, not just an old school fan. He, and he was even saying like, yo, it's kind of really cool. Like the way wrestling ha- is now with, with females and how they've changed the, the whole narrative on them and the whole push on them is so different than it used to be, um, which is completely true. You know, so it even now that guy, I look at as a very casual fan. He's not like a diehard fan. You know what I mean? He's not like a. You know, he's not watching wrestling online that streams. He's not um, he's not reading internet stuff, you know, wrestling reports or dirt sheets and none of that jazz. But anyway, he he, you know, he, this dude was a you know, was was even impressed how females are handling wrestling now different than years ago, which is nice. You know, and it's good and it's well overdue, like we said. So it's a huge deal for Renee Young and and uh to get this opportunity because I do think that <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, I didn't hear this from no one, but I'm just saying there's a good chance. My theory, again, no one told me this. I shouldn't say there's a good chance, but in my mind, again, just my thoughts, that if she does really well, meaning Renee, on Raw, maybe she sits there for the next several weeks. Uh, maybe Coach is on assignment. Maybe Coach, they reassign it to a different position. Who knows? You know, I'm not saying they're going to get rid of the guy, but maybe he does something different in the company. Uh, he's a talented guy, and you never know. I'm just saying uh, that that could happen. Or or they put her, Renee, on a different show. I would think that they, if they're going to have her on Raw and she does well, which I assume she's going to, um, that they keep her there. That's just what I think. Um, uh, now, they're positioning it the right way, WWE. They're smart. They're leaving themselves open for... If they change their mind or if Renee just doesn't pan out or she chokes on the air, which I'm not saying she will. She won't. She's used to doing live TV, so that's, she won't do that. But it's a little different when you're sitting there and you're, you're you know, calling wrestling. But they have her you know, slated as a guest commentator. Guest means basically not every week. But so they could just move on with her every week and have her keep doing it if they wanted to. Regardless, I think it's great, and um, um, they've had a lot of stuff on their on their social media and on their website, WWE, with R- Renee Young's comments and how you know she's excited about the opportunity and yada yada yada. And um, you know, it's cool. It's cool. It's good for her. So I hope she does great. Uh, seriously, and um, uh, you know, it's it's you know, we remember Lita was on Sunday Night Heat for a, as a regular. Um, commentator but that's different than if you go with Renee Young into the play-by-play role because I that's what I think they're fishing around with here because of evolution but we'll get into that again here soon so um that's the deal on that Ring of Honor made a lot of news uh this past week because you know they sold out 
uh, along with New Japan, uh, together as a cohesive unit and a collaboration, collaboration as they always do, um, sold out the garden. I mean, so it's like that that sentence alone, Ring of Honor selling out the garden, is like, you know, we knew they were going to go to the garden, but it's like that's that's huge, man. That's that's huge, huge news. Like huge. That's. I, I, you know, I got to tell you, uh, for Ring of Honor and, and their COO, Joe Coff, you know, I mean, congratulations to them and all, all the guys who wrestled in Ring of Honor and girls beforehand that aren't there anymore. They got them to this level, uh, along with New Japan helping, which is massive, um, to go into the world's most famous arena, Master Square Garden, um, is epic. It's amazing. Um, uh, for them to sell out, uh, w- again, what w- New Japan and uh, it's going to be a G1 Supercard, I believe, at Master Square Garden. So that is very, very impressive. Now, I have to tell you, um, I'm not necessarily shocked that they sold it out. I am shocked they sold it out as quick as they did. That's very impressive. Um, but I, uh, I never thought this would happen. And, and, and again, it has nothing to, do with, nothing to do with Ring of Honor. It has something to do with WWF and WWE and Vince McMahon and his dad and the legacy. And, like, I, I listen, I'm just telling you guys, like, I've heard, you know, I've witnessed it. I've lived it. I've heard Vince McMahon with my own ears in person more than once in the same room. Uh, you know, in uh, in meetings, uh, uh, on his airplane, <laughs> I've I know and I've heard. So I feel I'm qualified to give a very strong, valid opinion and thoughts and and uh, on this topic here. Vince McMahon, the Garden, like that's one and one. Like that to me, like the importance of Madison Square Garden to Vince McMahon is I can't put it in words. Like he loves. The um, the legacy and the tradition that his company and his dad's company before he had the you know that that long tradition in his family with the garden is like a gigantic thing, gigantic to Vince McMahon. Now I know Vince McMahon's getting older now, and we're on the cusp of Stephanie and Triple H kind of more morphing into taking control of the company, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job, and that's awesome. But I got to tell you, I never thought. You know, as long as Vince McMahon was alive, that this would happen, <laughs> that it would get whatever, you know, business wise and whatever went down with himself and his company and, and Master Square Garden. You know, I'm not going to get into that minutia and all that jazz, but I'm just saying I just never thought this would happen. Never. The Garden's always been Vince's house. It's always been WWE's house. Always, always. It's been like that for you know since I've been around the business and even before me. So it, it's kind of just been it, you know. And I've had, as most of you guys know, the amazing opportunity and blessed that have my WWE debut at the Garden, my hometown of New York, you know, in Madison Square Garden, which is like <clears throat> I'll never forget it, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's like you can't write. That's a dream, you know. So. But I'm not making it about me. What I'm making it about is that I'm just surprised that another wrestling promotion, like when I first heard this way back, that this scuttlebutt about Ring of Honor collaborating with New Japan and doing their business together and doing and doing something at the Garden, or doing a big ass show. I was like, 
fuck that, no way. It's, it's going to probably be at the Felt Forum, which is like across the street from the garden. It's not the real garden, but people call it the garden. The Felt Forum, those that are maybe been there or from the tri-state area, are more familiar with what I'm talking about, of, of you, you know, the New, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Um, <clears throat> the Felt Forum is not the garden, but it's like considered the garden, so it's kind of weird. Um, this is not the deal. Like they, Ring of Honor and New Japan, they're running the garden, the real garden. You know, so like, and they sold the friggin' thing out. Like, it's nuts. I just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And and I have to be honest, I, I, I strongly assume, strongly assume that this is not sitting well with Vince McMahon. And if it's not sitting well with Vince McMahon, it's not sitting well with Stephanie McMahon. And nor should it. No matter if the WWE was wrong or right in any business dealings with the Garden. Look, the Garden, the whole thing, I told you I'm not going to get into the minutiae of it, but it's a heavy-duty union-ran building, okay? Heavy-duty union-ran. So Vince has his own, the WWE has their, they have their own crews that go all over the country and world to, to, to set up the, the, the stage, to set up the set, to set up everything, you know, you know the whole production, so that's everything from the lighting to the music to the to you know building the ring to hauling the ring into the building, breaking down the ring when the show's over, set up the announce tables, do all the wiring. Do bah, 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 bah. There's a lot involved, all the pyrotechnics or what have you, whatever. I know there's not much pyro anymore, but um, that's now like when not now I shouldn't say now when you work the garden. From what I understand, I, now I'm going to put a little qualifier on it because I could be wrong a little bit here, but I know. That's a uh, it's a very heavy union heavy duty union deal, so that was the only thing. The paying you know paying towards that for WWE that was expensive, and I don't think Vince was a big fan of that part. But it uh, wasn't so much the rent per se, from what I understood. But God, I remember when I was working for WWE in two thousand and the early two thousands, you know, and we would do house shows on Saturday nights, you know, and. You know, Vince and his family would never come to, I shouldn't say never, but very rarely came to house shows when I worked there. Um, And the garden, always. (laughs) Uh, Always. From what I understood, Vince would go to this awesome steakhouse. I think it's on, shoot, 3rd Avenue, I believe. Smith Walensky. Smith Walensky. It's a big steakhouse um, right near the Midtown Tunnel, not far from the Midtown Tunnel in New York City. And that would be a big spot. He would go get his steak dinner with, you know, with either, you know, his family with like Linda would go and you'd see Stephanie or, you know, Shane and, you know, and, and, and then they would go to the garden. This was on Saturdays and, and he'd have his regular office, his mock office backstage, like we would if he had, we were doing a TV or a pay-per-view and Vince was at the garden show and he was working, but not working. Like he was just chilling. Like, you know, he was just there, you know, and. And he loved going to the garden. He just, I, I, you know, because he had such a great bond with his dad. And I guess, and I, no, I never heard Vince say this, but I guess he was like, he felt that same, you know, that I was that connection. So for this to happen is like, as awesome as it is for wrestling fans and New Japan fans and Ring of Honor fans um, or non-WWE fans, because there obviously is, because look at you know you got NXT going that same night 
in Brooklyn, I believe. And then you got Ring of Honor going to go <laughs> at the Garden, and then the next day is is WrestleMania. You know, so you know that's a huge wrestling weekend, obviously, like gigantic in in New York here. So uh, for them to sell out the Garden is like insanely impressive, and right the day before Mania. Vince's house, yo, that's some heat. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, G. Yo, I'm just telling you, Vince loves the garden, man. I'm fucking not kidding. <laughs> so um, I don't think he's too. He'll never let you know he's not happy, but I guess I'm betting homeboy's not happy. So um, what's going to happen? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, I mean, it's no secret that some of the bigger acts uh, wrestlers for Ring of Honor and New Japan, their deals are, you know, they're expiring before the new year or at the new year. Uh, so in this event we're talking about is after the new year. So, and I'm talking about talents, and I mean like legit top stars like the Young Bucks, like Cody, you know, uh, from New Japan, Kenny Omega, you know, these are massive, massive draws and stars. So in Ring of Honor, you know, with them advertising, um, the big show at the Garden, you know, they really did not announce a lot of matches. You know what what they're going to do and and going head to head with with NXT uh, the night before WrestleMania. So you know what they did. They're not really let's let's be honest. Ring of Honor uh, for this G One Supercard. You know you 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 did not hear. Uh, announced, meaning the Young Bucks, meaning Cody, and these 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 big acts. No no knock on nobody else. There were some big stars that are announced, like they announced for the event Okada from Japan, which is a huge star, New Japan, and Marty Scroll, and and uh, who else? Naito, uh, uh, Matt Tavern, the Briscoes. So yeah, and Tanahashi. Those are big big stars, but the brand itself, Ring of Honor, at and and I think that's what sold it out. Number one. Uh, along with New Japan, and because it's such a novelty thing that it never, this maybe novelty is the wrong word, that it's never happened, you know, before in our lifetime, right? That I can remember that someone else is running a wrestling company is running the actual Master Square Garden is a huge thing. Um, I don't, I, it, it, it's it, it's the aura of. Someone else is running the garden. It's that Ring of Honor, New Japan have a very huge fan base. That's obvious. Um, and a strong cult following to boot. It's the non-WWE fan. And I also, I'm just be honest, I think it's a lot of people who might assume that it's a foregone conclusion that the Bucks will be there and that Cody Rhodes will be there and that, um, you know, Kenny Omega will be there. You know, I just think that ah, these guys—they're—they are—they are Mavericks. They are renegades. They're—they're—they're. They're, they're, you know, it's the whole—the whole Bullet Club feel. The pa pa pa. They're—they're not. They're you know. They're not. They're not. They're always going to be with that company. They're not going to go to WWE. They're not going to sell out. They would never sell out. You're a sellout. You sold out. You sold out. You know all that bullshit, which is actually bullshit. Um, <laughs> listen, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you tell a wrestler. He sold out or she sold out uh, you, you should really bite your tongue Because these men and women This is business And you have to make money And that's what it's about They have families and bills just like you guys So it's not about selling out It's not Some places you'd rather wrestle for Some places you'd rather not 
But at the end of the day, it is about business. I'm not saying that every guy and girl professional wrestler runs to the money. I'm not even implying that. What I'm saying is if somebody takes a gig and a contract at a company um, that maybe is at a higher level or making more money, that doesn't mean they sold out. That doesn't mean that at all. That just means they did the right business for them and their family. It happened to me. So, you know, I heard that I sold out when I went from ECW to WWE. And uh, yeah, okay, you could say that, but I was getting guaranteed money, making good money. I had a, uh, I had a young family at that time. I had, I had to do it. I got to take care of my family. So the you sold out thing is silly. Um, I'm just letting you guys know, don't be shocked. If WWE just rolls out the bank book to pull some of these big acts and you see them at TakeOver and you see a run-in at TakeOver, you know, a run-in that could be pretty damn impressive, you know, uh, just imagine, just imagine as Undisputed Era is doing their business at NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn and here comes the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And let's say Kenny Omega, and they beat the shit out of Undisputed Era in Brooklyn. The place would go berserk. 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 <laughs> While the Ring of Honor show is going on in Madison Square Garden. That, that's all, that all could happen if these guys get opportunities to sign with WWE. That, that all could happen. That all could happen. It totally, totally can. I mean, just, just imagine uh, on, you know... On Raw after WrestleMania, if if Roman Reigns is cutting a promo after he defeats Brock Lesnar the night before to have the Universal title, and he's in the middle of the ring on Raw, opening Raw, cutting a promo, and over the guardrail, here comes Kenny Omega and beats the living shit out of Roman Reigns. Just imagine that. <laughs> this is all possible, okay? Because guys' contracts are ending. I didn't hear this from no one. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just giving some theories. That's all I'm saying. I'm just telling you these things can happen. And you know what? It wouldn't be good for wrestling. That shit would be great for wrestling. All of that shit would be great for wrestling. I promise you that right now. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So that the 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 thing with the whole garden thing with Ring of Honor and New Japan. Congrats to those guys. It's awesome. It's amazing. And um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I never thought it'd happen. I never thought in this time, in my lifetime, as a wrestler or a guy from the wrestling business, that this would happen right now. I got to be honest. I never, I never thought it would happen. Seriously, um, it's very impressive that Ring of Honor. And New Japan can pull it off. So congratulations to them. And uh, um, that's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. So on that note, uh, I'm going to hit the uh, hit the break. Come back from break in a little bit here and get into talking a little G1 Climax final. Uh, and what happened with this epic matchup between two epic Japanese megastars in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, who won this thing? How'd it go? How, what I think of the match? Uh, how'd it start? How did, you know, all this kind of jazz. We'll get into that, uh, the match between Ibushi and uh, uh, Tanahashi. Taz Show, sit tight. Be right back. Back here in the Taz Show, guys. Paul for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. 
So you're going to stand at the home plays a big role in your life and your family. That's why I created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And guys, it's simple. Allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. It's convenient. Its trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. In addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time, making sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and most importantly, mortgage conflict. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030, Rocket Mortgage. All right. So I'll get into talking here about the G1 Climax the finals, uh, the, the last match, and who made it to the last match in this long, multi-days, this tournament. The biggest tournament in professional wrestling is uh, New Japan's uh, the G1 Climax. So uh, the finals were at uh, Budokan Hall there in, in uh, Tokyo, so on August 12, 2018. Uh, that's, uh, that's the deal, and um, I'll tell you. <sighs> The match, the finals, and there's so many great wrestlers that were in this thing. I mean, uh, and the card itself was great, loaded with a lot of six-man matches and eight-man matches um, with a lot of the bigger stars from New Japan in these matches. Um, uh, So it was, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the matches. I watched the bulk of the show. Um, I woke up uh, early in the morning to watch it because the time change difference, you know. And they they, they, they had... um, like I said, they probably had, there was probably only, besides the main event, there were, uh, yeah, I think there, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, there's only one, there was only one other singles match, it was more of a squash, it was Bad Luck Fale versus Toa Harani, so, and and by the way, that Bad Luck Fale, he is a Bullet Club Jones, he is uh, just, you know, he's been around a while, he's a monster, he's impressive, he's got a great look. Uh, WWE get, ever gets their hands on him like for good, like he could be a big star there for sure. But he's a big star in New Japan. He's doing well. But but uh, yeah, there was a lot of matches on this thing. Rey Mysterio was in this. Was on the card. Uh, he was uh, he looked great as usual. You know, Rey don't age. It's impossible. He was in a uh, in a six man matchup. Um, so that that you know, Okada was on the other side against him. And um, yeah, it was so it was great. It was a huge card. If you didn't watch, you should check it out. Um, Kenny Omega wrestled also in a six-man um, where it was Chaos versus the Bullet Club. So it was, uh, it was Jay White on one side, uh, Yano, who's funny, Ishii, who's a stud, uh, veteran, tough son of a bitch, against Chase Owens, uh, Takahashi, and, uh, and Kenny Omega. And uh, Ishii took it on Chase Owens. Uh, but anyway, it was a good match. That was a real good match. I enjoyed that match a lot. So... Um, uh, but the, the main event was, it was the end all be all um, at the end of the day. So it was uh, as good as you think it would be. Um, it was it was impressive. Uh, the, basically, what happens is spoiler, but you probably noticed already. Uh, the winner, the G one climax winner, was, was uh, Tanahashi. You know, he beat uh, uh, he beat Abushi Kotobushi uh, in the finals in Tokyo, uh, and now uh, Tanahashi will face Omega for the IWGP uh, heavyweight title. At Wrestle Kingdom uh, at the Tokyo Dome, which they announced for January 4th. That's what the Tokyo Dome, I'm sorry, that January 4th, you know, the big show they always do every year. January 4th, 2019. So that'll be your main event, uh, Tanahashi and uh, 
Kenny Omega. But the the match, um, the match itself from last, uh, what I'm saying last night was, I guess, because the time change is a little confusing when it was for me anyway. It was um, it was very enjoyable. Um, you know, it's it's New Japan basically had, they stay in their lane, and they've been staying in their lane for decades, and hence their success. They don't really change much of anything. They they just don't like they don't get crazy. Um, they the, the ring ropes are the same. Those black cable ropes, same same ring, uh, same shape, size ring. Same old ass tired blue guardrails have on the outside. Those old guardrails. The freaking ring announcers got a, don't have a wireless mic in 2018. Uh, you know he's got a wired mic, which is like their thing. You know it's it's just it's, it drives me crazy a little bit that they don't they don't try to evolve things, but yet it's cool. That's their tradition. That's their legacy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That that's that's New Japan. Uh, at the end of the day, they're all about the product in the ring, and and they bring it, and and that's what I love—the pure wrestling, um, and just watching Abushi and Tanahashi uh, in the beginning of the match. They just the chain wrestling and the mat work they did early was awesome. Uh, was awesome, and I, I I love that. I mean, I used to start a lot of my, my my matches when I wrestled like that, you know, back in the day like that with wrestling, you know. I would have loved to just done all my matches, don't even touch the ropes, just wrestle in the middle, just chain wrestle. But the bulk of the fans in the United States, especially you know when I was wrestling in the mid to late 90s in my prime, um, a lot of fans appreciated that, but not like they do in Japan. Japan, you could flat take the ropes down and just wrestle each other and chain wrestle, mat wrestle, and the, the audience will respect you and, and enjoy it. Um, they do a ton of high spots, don't get me wrong, and flip dives and running spots and all that in Japan. But I'm just saying they don't almost don't have to. Um, and that's the beauty. Fans love the competition, the, the wrestling end, the physicality. I love that. I miss that part of it as me as a former wrestler. But the mat work uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi did in early goings was great. They told a good story of uh, Tanahashi getting heat. Uh, I think it was with a drop kick to Ibushi's knee. And then, uh, you know, he got heat on the leg for a good chunk of the match, meaning Tanahashi on Ibushi. And, you know, I just did that, that moveset series here on the Taz show talking about knee bars and heel, book, uh, heel hooks and, you know, how it's probably not smart in psychology of a physical match to work someone's knee. But it's a little different uh, in Japan because of the appreciation the audience has for submission and for working joint locks. So there is a little bit of a, a difference there. Um, but this match, um, uh, not to get into that too much, but th- this this match was was awesome, guys. I mean, this match was as good as you think it would be. Um, and for those maybe non-New Japan fans, you remember Obushi uh, from a couple of years back or a year and a half ago, whenever it was, when he was at the WWE Cruiserweight uh, tournament they did. Um, he's a, just a great talent, a special talent, and um, uh, great look. Kid's always in great shape. And uh, Tanahashi, like my man, the judge told me, he says, dude, he's a rock star. You know, Judge Jeff Jones, he's like, I was talking to Judge about, he's, you know, he worked a lot with New Japan and been to Japan a bunch and worked for Ring of Honor for a long time, obviously behind the scenes. And we were just, you know, shooting the shit and stuff and, and uh, on the phone one day, the, this early this weekend. And he was talking about Tanahashi saying, you know, homeboy is a straight rock star. And he is. I mean, like, you know, uh, he, he, um, uh, he's something else. I mean, he's just over like Rova, as is Abushi. And these guys, their pacing in the match was perfect. They crescendoed the matchup physically. They climaxed, no pun intended, 
the match towards the end the right way. They told that story any time during the heat while Tanahashi had heat on Ibushi's leg and Tanahashi had a hope, I'm sorry, Ibushi had a hope spot. He would go back to selling his his leg, his knee, you know what I mean? Like they, they just, it's simple, basic storytelling. That's New Japan, physical storytelling. That's New Japan style. It was also a part in the match where, geez, it had to be, man, maybe, I don't know, shoot, maybe 15 minutes, 20, 20 minutes into the match where Abushi was just throwing like palm strikes and then a front kick uh, at Tanahashi and just fucking popping him. I mean, like just stiff as shit. I mean, it was great. It was really cool, real physical uh, Abushi, see how quick his hands are, man. Overhand, right, a uh, left. I'm sorry. Then, then palm strike and have to palm strike and clinching up like a boxer was Abushi and just nailing Tanahashi and just a front kick to his face that dropped him in the corner. And I remember it. And then what he does? This is the psychology. Abushi lets Tanahashi sell. That's experience. That's called being a pro. That's good booking. He doesn't jump all over him. The ref's telling him, let him get up, let him get up. And that's proper storytelling with, with a story like this. Two guys where it, it, it at the peak of this whole thing, of this this long-ass tournament, uh, the G1 Climax, is, you know, the, the, the final two. You know, one from block A, one from block B. And then, you know, and they, and they brought it. These guys didn't disappoint. And then, and then once Tanahashi got to his feet, when the ref was backing up Abushi on that spot, Tanahashi fired up. The place was going crazy, and everything Abushi was hitting, every punch and slap and palm strike Abushi was hitting Tanahashi what didn't really affect. It was almost like Hulk Hogan S type thing where he, he wasn't doing the pump up thing, but Tanahashi was just like kind of no selling it, eating them. And next thing you know, Tanahashi starts bringing the slaps. They just started trading slaps to the face. Tanahashi and Ibushi, they were just slapping the shit out of each other. It was great. You don't have to be a New Japan fan to enjoy it. If you like physicality in your pro wrestling and athleticism in your pro wrestling and and, and true competition and where you don't feel like you're watching something that's a work, this is the match you want to watch. New Japan is what you want to watch. That's what they do. They don't fuck around. They bring it. So, they, and this match is great. So, I really enjoyed it very much. And um, and the, the the storytelling, the physical storytelling, was epic in this thing. So, um, uh, there was some dangerous spots in this fucking match. You know, dangerous shit. The one thing that just jumps out to me uh, uh, was Abushi does a. Um, I'm trying to explain this on, on, on a podcast the right way, where Tanahashi's on the apron selling, Abushi's in the ring, he steps on the sec, the first rope, the low rope Abushi. he grabs Tanahashi, waist locks him like for a German suplex, and then, then Abushi goes to the second rope while Tanahashi's standing on the apron, he jacks him up in the air, stands on the second rope, does Abushi, and he fucking does a German suplex to Tanahashi. I'm like, he's might have done this before, so pardon my ignorance if he's done this. I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that like that. Um, and then he hits him with a nasty powerbomb, I remember, after that, and they had a really, really nice false finish in there. Um, Abushi almost had the pin. I'm saying that was the false finish on Tanahashi. But it was, it was really um, a fun match to watch, super physical, you know, it 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 just they that's what they do. New Japan they they make you feel the, the how important the competitive end is, the competition is, 
um, the feel is all there. It feels like you're watching a legitimate shoot fight for the most part. And I worked there. I worked there years ago. I wrestled for them many tours, um, you know, and, and had a blast work for them. And that's how it was then. Um, um, and, uh, and this was great. I mean, the, the physical stuff of it. Oh, the other thing I want to say, the other dangerous spot, stuff they, something they did in the past too, the lawn dart gimmick where Bushi hits uh, fucking Tanahashi, throws him across the ring with a lawn dart. It was insane. Like fucking face and head first into the turnbuckle. It was nuts, dude. <laughs> it was nuts. These guys beat the shit out of each other. And the other thing I want to say is uh, uh, that NJPW World, that gimmick, uh, that NJPWworld.com. Look, they don't pay me to say this shit. I'm going to put them over. Uh, it would cost them a lot of money for me to promote them like this for what I do here. But um, I got to tell you, uh, their their video their online streaming service works awesome really does work awesome so um it, i i watched the bulk of the i watched the whole show on there and it was great so um yeah it, it, they 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 they're you know they're cooking on all cylinders new japan their their bookings done right that's the interesting thing too you know like on a lot of the um on a lot of the uh what do you call it um the undercard, like, for example, on this particular show, because this was, like I said, a lot of shows building up because of the tournament. So a lot of the bigger names, you know, didn't make it to the finals. You know, who made it to the finals, obviously, was Abushi and Tanahashi. But there were guys, Kenny Omega, who wrestled on this show, early in the show, like I said, in the six-man, you know, because he got eliminated. Guys like, uh, I'm trying to think, Ishii's always a guy who gets pushed a lot. He, you know, he was uh, he was on the undercard. Zack Sabre Jr. was on the undercard. Mizuno Suzuki was on the undercard. You know, uh, there, there was a lot of guys, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, on the uh, on the undercard, um, for sure, that that are bigger than guys. That obviously, Matt and uh, Nick Jackson won the undercard. Monty Scroll, uh, uh, Cody Rhodes. You know, this is Hangman Page. By the way, I'm gonna just talk about Hangman Page for a second here. Yo, this this kid is. I'm gonna call him a kid just because I know I'm older than him. Listen, <laughs> your Hangman Page. This fucking dude is the real deal. This guy is tremendous, and this guy, if WWE gets their hands on this young man, I'm telling you, this this kid is really, really a talent, man. This guy's very good. His timing in the ring is impeccable. His physical presence is great. Um, what I would do with him, for those that know who Hangman Page is, okay, I would have, I'd put him, if, if he signed with WWE down the road, I'd, I'd fucking put him in an angle right away, instantly, instantly with Bobby Roode. Okay, what I would do, because I'm just telling you, him and Bobby Roode, Page and Bobby Roode, their chemistry would be awesome. And what I would do, okay, I would shoot some kind of an angle. I don't care if you do something kind of almost quasi-corny where you debut Hangman Page where he does like a fabulous gimmick. And it's almost like a complete mock of the glorious gimmick, almost like exactly like stealing his bit, you know, but call it like fabulous instead of glorious or something like that. You know, some kind of silly shit to create that heat. And then build the angle with Hangman Page and Bobby fucking Roode and... Go into, now, some of you old school Tasha fans, you know what's coming. <laughs> I'm always looking for a good old-fashioned best three out of five series, motherfuckers. Yeah, buddy. Three out of five. Hangman Page and Bobby Roode, I think, would be epic. And then maybe seven, eight, nine, ten months down the road, after you're done with that, that, that 
you know, three out of five series, <laughs> and you push these guys enough as, as, that, that they hate each other, somehow you group them and they rebuild that respect for each other and make them a team. And really just, they have the components, especially if they start bringing some of these New Japan Ring of Honor guys in to really amp up their, their tag team division, WWE. And you put Hangman Page and Bobby Roode together, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. He reminds me a little bit of Bobby. Um, this guy, Hangman Page, is a special talent. This guy's really good, um, really good. Uh, anyway, and this 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 show at Budokan was really good. This G1 Climax 28. So um, the main event was awesome. Did not disappoint. I, I I could watch Tanahashi work with Ibushi all day. These guys are great for sure. And uh, Tanahashi, as I said, was the victor. So now he will face on January 4th, 2019, Kenny Omega for the IWGP heavyweight title uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. So, um, you know, and uh, they got, you know, they got to make sure, like I said earlier about the Ring of Honor MSG thing, you know, you got to see what happens, who resigns, who doesn't, you know, uh, Young Bucks, Cody, all that stuff. That's going to be some uh, interesting, uh, interesting stuff. And I will keep an eye on it right here on the Taz Show on this podcast, like I always do, bitches. You know that. And you know I say bitches in a nice way. All right, guys, look, I'll be back at you a couple more times this week here. I'm Taz, you're not. Uh, have a good one, guys. Talk to you. of my space and screen names back then when i was only worried about my top friends now my circle is getting smaller all these people acting fake man and to be honest i don't even have a top 10 me against the world i've been doing what i really love haters been hiding behind the screen man they movie cuts and when i'm back at home it never feels the same cause we've been doing our own thing trying to stay up i want to go back to days with no grief